So delighted to be here with Nigel Osborne and Mike Ruddock. Thanks for coming in, guys. Welsh week. To be here with Mike Ruddock, he's, he's one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Really good guy. And I first met Mike in Australia. Um, he was on holidays and he needed a lift and he got into my taxi. I think that probably fueled my ambition to want to coach Wales. I remember my father, God bless him, taking me to a medical appointment after my accident where, as I said, I fractured my skull and I, I knew I was deaf in one year then. We begin the show with Nigel reminiscing about a prank that he pulled on Mike Ruddock while he was the head coach of Leinster. Yeah, um, yeah, good, good story. This uh, Dave Cohen, current president of UCD, and myself, um, and maybe even being Jim O'Callaghan, the current TD, were having a couple of refreshments of a Sunday evening, and we got a bit giddy. And there was a good buddy of ours, Andy Doyle. Uh, Doyle had played for Leinster, good player, and he, he was playing for Lansdowne. But he decided to take a break from the rep stuff, and he um, was playing Leinster League, and he was tearing it up. And uh, we sort of decided we'd give him a call and uh, he got the call on the Sunday evening he was he was at home watching um, Holby City or something um, and uh, he got the call from Mike Ruddock alright Doyler it's Mike Ruddock here listen we got a huge game coming up we've got Toulouse coming to town and we've got a couple of problems you know a back row Steve Rooney's got no hands and uh, Chris Pym he's got no hands either and Trevor Brennan he's he's in trouble again so it's, uh, we, we've got a real problem uh Doyler and I hear you you're playing great stuff for Lansdowne so I I know it's a big ask but maybe you could come down and help us out this week you know it's uh, we need you in Leinster you know so it's uh, to which Andy replied listen Mike I'm going great you know Um, I've got new boots I'm I'm playing out of my skin and I've got work this week but I'm going to make a few calls and see if it's possible and uh, I'll try and get down to Donnybrook tomorrow that's great, Doyle. We'll see you in the morning, and uh, Leinster will be forever grateful. So Doyle arrived down to Donnybrook the following morning, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> now, Doyle didn't find out it was me till about six months later, but every time I see him, I get a massive dig. I'm glad you've uh, cleared that up, because I always thought he was quick, but quick. Mike, if you had a, a blank checkbook, and you were able to go into Welsh rugby and do one thing that you felt would have the biggest impact, what would you do? Well, that's a great question, mate, and there's so many things you could look at, but I think, you know, the reality is you're the Irish... I tell people back in, in Wales about the Irish pathway and uh, the strength of the school system and um, the conveyor belt of talent mm-hmm. that comes out of the schools and the great coaching that goes on there. And in you know the competition for places in the academies uh, because of the quality of the coaching in schools and you know I won't be very popular in, in saying this in Wales but perhaps when I when I was coming through in school we had the old grammar schools and the yeah. secondary schools and you always had teachers there that were former players that were yeah. very passionate about it um, it taught you you know the good skills but also the, the importance of winning yeah um, and being competitive and um, you know the grammar schools once they went and the teachers went on strike that sort of fell away so I think if to answer your question if I could I think it would be going into Welsh Welsh rugby Mm. sitting down with the Welsh rugby union in the regions 
identifying schools and catchment areas that have significance for us and putting in um, real state-of-the-art um, facilities, indoor training barns, gymnasiums, mm. um, you know, medical facilities, all the sort of stuff that can help to create higher standards younger. Yeah. From that day when you had the awful accident, you knew that your playing career was going to be gone to be able to then go on that coaching journey, now being a proud Welshman, to be offered the Welsh job. Must have been an incredibly proud moment for you and your family. Well, it was because um, for a number of reasons. One, I I felt I could have snuck a cap if I'd stayed fit. You know, 26, I, I felt I could have snuck a cap. Um, you know, plus I'm just being, uh, uh, you know, a bit cloudy in my thinking around my own, my own ability. But, uh, you know, I played in a very good Swansea team and I, I thought I was worthy of consideration. I, I'd made the Welsh squad a couple of times but never been capped. Uh, so I was disappointed on that. Um, and I think that probably fueled my ambition to want to coach Wales. Because I remember my father, God bless him, taking me to a medical appointment after my accident where, I'd, as I said, I fractured my skull and I, I knew I was deaf in one year then, and but I'd been having terrible balance trouble, you know. And um, I went down for some tests, and they confirmed uh, that I had these balance problems. And uh, they told me and advised me to give up playing rugby. And I knew I couldn't really at any level, uh, well, as things stood at that time. And uh, my dad, obviously, was as disappointed as I was. And he said, well, what are you going to do really now you can't play rugby? I said, well, if I can't play for Wales, I'm going to coach Wales. So I made that statement. I threw it out the Fantastic. universe, Greg. You know, I threw it out the universe. I had no evidence, or real, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, sort of qualification around being able to get that level. But uh, that's what it came out of my mouth. I'm going to put you on the spot now. It's a packed Cardiff Arms Park. Think about the old stadium. Everyone is there. The world is watching, and you have to give a coaching session. You're mic'd up, so everyone's yeah. going to hear you. You have 20 minutes and you've got 30 players. What does that 20 minutes look like? Yeah, uh, 30 players. I'm probably going to do like 15 against 15 touch rugby. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do basic stuff like um, ball presentation so we can get the ball away, uh, you know, uh, as quickly as we can from the contact area. I can do a lot of footwork. I can do a lot of running at angles between defenders. The big thing I did, particularly the last 10, 15 years and in Lansdowne uh, and in the Island 20s was promote a very basic concept called uh, attack in the crisis corridor. So the crisis corridor is the half a yard or the metre behind mm. the defensive line. And I think, Greg, what happens in the modern game is people do draw up all the plays and they draw up all the structure and people run to, say, set up a target in midfield or to hit up the midfield and stop at that defensive uh, line mm. and then try to play off that. I wanted to play, I wanted to target this half a yard to the metre behind that defensive line. Now, in, in those touch rugby games, if we could get behind that and get our hands free, we would have to flood the channels and off yeah. If we don't do that, I'd turn the ball over to the other team. So rather than play the setup and play from there for your structure, I played to penetrate and to offload. And only if we couldn't do that, that we would go back to the ball presentation and the structure. So to me, it was all about getting into the space behind the defensive line. Now, that could be out wide. So mm -hmm. if they defend narrow and we play the ball early, we can get out wide into the defensive, uh, into the crisis corridor. 
if by doing that they open up their spaces to try and cover us up wide, yeah, we can super. hit, hit uh, the, the flatter balls and get into the crisis corridor uh, midfield. And obviously the kicking options then, the chip over the top, grubbers through, crossfield kicks into the crisis corridor. So it's all about crisis corridor for me. And then during that uh, 20 minutes, would you check and challenge your players quite a lot in terms of their questioning that they understanding what they're going through or how does that work I probably you? wasn't great at that I'd probably just drive them you yeah. know and get intensity into it and you know ask them why they didn't get the ball in two hands why we didn't flood the channel do you understand that turn yeah. over other team go yeah. so I make it really just explosive keep it moving. and intensity Love that. very basic concepts Nigel what's your take on what's going to happen this weekend do you think I think it's going to be a good game Greg very interesting I think Wales will go after Ireland at the breakdown um, they'll challenge them there, uh, and that will be meat and drink to Omani and his buddies and Josh. Uh, the the Welsh Sevens are a very good player. I think they'll they'll white picket fence across the pitch defensively. Um, so they need to be very very patient, Ireland. And Jack Crowley will, will be under a lot of pressure, so he's going to have to play some rugby football, not try and play too much too early. But at the end of the day, uh, Wales will not be able to deal with the Irish scrum or the mull. And the Irish set yeah. piece has been exemplary. And Ireland will weather an early storm and uh, should run out comfortable winners, depending on the weather, by about 38 points to 22. But Wales will be very good, strong, competitive, and they'll be simple and direct, Greg. I know you're a modern-day coach and you talk a lot Guilty. of waffle Guilty. Uh, moves <laughs> and stuff. But a Warren Gatlin team will get the uh, the principles of the game right. They will fight for the jersey. They'll show huge energy. They'll try and win the contact. And the game is very simple. And it's refreshing to see these two coaches who are effectively old-school coaches and keep the game simple going head-to-head. So it'll be a proper game of rugby. And um, there's no need for any of those fancy moves and stuff you did diagrams on last week. Because <laughs> unless you go forward in the contact, it's all absolute nonsense. I know it's early talk. They've got to take one game at a time. But I think if they can get through this game at the weekend, it sets up a beautiful game against England at Twickenham. I mean, that's going to be something I think that we're going to be excited about. What do you think, Mike? I've been so um, frustrated watching England. I think, you know, there's so many good players in the English uh, system and the English squad. And, you know, I don't like to, to knock another yeah. coach's approach because yeah, no, I know how hard it is. But uh, I just think they're playing within themselves. I think there's more in our English team. And, uh, you know, I'm old school around speed of ball. So I'd love to see Danny Kay start. And, um, yeah. Yeah. get that ball away quicker and, and and just get those backs into the game a lot more you know Yeah, I think it'll be a very difficult game for Ireland I think HQ as they call it will be a fortress they're going to put it up to us physically like no other team can and as Mike said our game you know, really relies on quick ball the breakdown so it's going to be a massive scrap and if there is a banana skin for us that is where it is at if we take this is your life moment, Mike, we're now going to go back to maybe 1998-99 and we're going to bring in your assistant coach at Leinster who took over after you, Matt Williams. Matt, welcome to the studio. It is such a real pleasure and the an honour you know, to be here with Mark Raddick, who's, who's one of the greatest guys I've ever met, really good guy. And I first met Mike in Australia, um, who was on holidays and who needed a lift in he got into my taxi, and we got on really well. He brought me back with him. And it was it was really exciting for me, and to come to Ireland and to help develop those those next generation guys, Driscoll, Darcy, Carney, and 
I'd actually never played rugby or coached it before, and <laughs> it was just it was something a real. I was actually a Robert Redford lookalike step in on Out of Africa. It was my last major job before becoming a taxi driver. So it was a huge career change for me. Oh, and now, of course, I'm a huge celebrity in Ireland and the face of House Nightclub. <laughs> Have you seen him on TV yet, Mike? Nigel or Matt? No, Matt. <laughs> yeah, of course I have, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a hell of a good-looking coaching team. So Robert Redford lookalike with a Tom Cruise lookalike. How good was that? Oh. You know, we, 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 we didn't win that many games, but boy, we looked good, you know? We really did. Brent, did you come across Mike and Matt in your day? Yeah, no, Mike was a great guy. He's an old-school rugby guy. You know, I would have been playing in the AIL at the time, and I wasn't actually eligible for Ireland, so other than that, I would have been sort of the star man. But I remember Mike, he's a great guy. You never hear a player say a bad word about him, you know. And I think it's really important that there's guys like Mike still involved in the game, you know, and Andy Farrell as well. He's a player's yeah. coach. He's a great guy. And he's a guy, he was one of the major shareholders down in Kylie's at Donnybrook. You know, he was, he could drink a small lake in one sitting. You know, he's an incredible fella. <laughs> Mike. Bravo. Mike, Mike. Uh, do you know Andy Farrell well? Yeah, I know Andy, and uh, you know he, he rings me a lot, you know. And uh, a couple of boys have tried to play a prank on me around. Oh, it's Andy Farrell, but I know, I know his voice inside out, so I know it's not yeah. him, you know. But, but uh, you know, so <laughs> I, I can tell if there's anybody messing about and pretending to be Andy. Well, thank God for that because we have the real Andy Farrell in studio with us today, Andy. Yeah, no, he's um, it's great to be here. I'm I'm so proud of the way we've we've entered this studio, you know. We, we, we've we've spoken with massive pride here and. I hope we've made you all proud at home. You know, it's um, I'm so proud of Josh. Um, he, he's a great lad, Josh. You know, he he knows I live in Tanyore and he knows I walk the dog every evening. So he's he's a Christian, you know. So he says he prays for me, and uh, I'm really grateful for Josh because so far everything's been okay in Tanyore. You know, there's been no no attacks or anything. So it's been uh, it's been wonderful. I'm ever so grateful, and um, I, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You know, I think there'll be a real test for us yeah, physically. You know, I know Warren Gatlin. And I know his teams will come mentally prepared, and that's where it starts, uh, Greg. You know, I, I, you got your physical warriors, and you got your mental warriors. You know, and yeah. uh, we need lads like Jack Crowley to, to be very calm tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and get things in the right order. We need to win that contact. And you have Mike's boy, Reese's brother, Kieran, helping you out with the S and C. Yeah, no, uh, I hope that uh, you know we'll be a bit fitter than Wales, but Gatlin's teams are. They're known for being physically fit, you know. So I think they'll be they'll they'll give us a right challenge, you know. Looking forward to it, you know. Yeah. And uh, you look you look outstanding, you know. You're a wonderful, yeah. you're a wonderful lad. And uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the the diagrams you did last week about those moves. Um, and uh, yeah, it was very entertaining. Yeah, very entertaining. It's probably why I'm no longer coaching. But thanks for that very much. Yeah. So you've dealt obviously with uh, Andy. Yeah, he's doing a great job, isn't he? He's a ah, top, he's a great top job. man, top coach. Well, absolutely, and uh, he's just got a massive presence about him. And uh, you know, I tried to dislike him because he hasn't been picking Reese, but you can't dislike him. He's a yeah, smashing guy. I agree. Great coach, and um, you know, his philosophy is is born out of his experiences in yeah. rugby league, of course. Yeah. And everyone's running straight. It, you know, there's little tip ons and balls at the back, and everybody coming on the ball at yeah, pace. I love how narrow you know, they are. Uh, as you, as we all agree, it's it's a pretty simple game. But trying to get everyone to do that mm -hmm. in harmony uh, with that level of cohesion. Yeah, 
is really tough, you know. So fair play to him and his coaching team. And of course, Kieran, I, I am biased. I will give Kieran, my eldest boy, a bit of a mention as one of the fitness coaches because I always say to him, look, son, you were destined to be a fitness coach because of the genetics, but he won't <laughs> believe me for some reason. Um, his uh, willpower is much better than mine. Uh, he will leave... Uh, the second plate of food I won't you know so. yeah there, there's been a lot of talk about mentors Andy rings a lot um, and gets good at solid advice from them. one of them is George Hook who you know is an ex-coach of the Eagles you'd help Andy a little bit like Andy's a wonderful fella but he's able to call me up you know I had an incredible coaching career you know I coached the American ladies team I coached I'm the only man ever to coach Two teams to be relegated from Division One of the All Ireland League, Black Rock College and Galwegians. This is a, a record that will never be beaten, you know. Oh. So people forget, like, I'm an absolute wealth of knowledge on rugby football, you know. Going all the way back to my Metro Cup days with St. Mary's in the early 1970s. I, I have a wealth of experience. I think Farrell is decent up-and-coming coach, you know. I think he's got a good future in the game, you know. And Mike Ruddock is one of his mentors. Mike's brilliant. Like, he coached he coached a Grand Slam team, an under-20s Irish Grand Slam winning yeah. team. He coached Leinster, the Ospreys. He even managed to get back to Rangers into the second division of the All Ireland League, which was an incredible <laughs> achievement at the time. Particularly when they'd fellas like Philip Lawler playing in the back <laughs> row, you know, Fanta Pants himself. <laughs> well, Nigel, thanks so much for coming in again, mixing the serious with the ridiculous. Mike Roddick, so happy you came in today. Thank you so much. I hope you're going to have a good weekend and look after Nigel now this afternoon. Well, that's a great start with you guys. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, liquid yeah, launching cheers. it. Have a great time. Thanks, lads. Thanks for coming cheers, in. Man.